Hello, and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today, we will be talking about the disappearance of Rye Plus Pizza. Shall we jump right into it? Okay. Cheers. In August 2013, following days of strange behavior, college student Bryce Lespisa vanished without a trace. An overturned car, a duffel bag, and a few drops of blood were the only evidence left behind. Did he walk away and start a new life, or did this crash end in tragedy? After years of searching and hoping, Bryce still has yet to be found. Let's talk about it. So just before we jump on into this, I just wanted to put a disclaimer that we mean absolutely no disrespect to anyone directly or indirectly related to anyone that we mention in this podcast. You can fact check stuff yourself online. And we encourage you to do so because there's a lot of murky areas around this case, mm-hmm. lots of conflicting information out there. And there's also some great resources as well, such as his family and friends have a Facebook account um, that's entitled Find Bryce Lispisa on Facebook. They have some really great information on there. Let's get into some of the backstory about Bryce. So he was born in Illinois on April 30th, 1994, and he was 19 at the time of his disappearance. He was an only child, and his parents are named Mike and Karen. Some people who claim to know him say that they did have a rocky relationship, but others say that they were very close. That's some mm-hmm. of the conflicting information that's out there. I saw a lot of people say that he had a really healthy childhood. Like, he was raised with a full, loving family and had a lot of their support. Yeah, and from what we know, he did talk to his parents a lot, and he was pretty close with them. He phoned them all the time. So Bryce graduated from Naperville in 2012, and right after, his entire family moved to Laguna Niguel in California. So Bryce went to Sierra College in Rockland, which was a town seven hours away from home. Some people say that's because he wanted to be away from his parents, and others say that's just because, you know, as a teenager, you want to go away for a while. Right. He was studying graphic and industrial design, so he was a really creative person, really good at art. He met his girlfriend, Kim, and his roommate, Sean, in their first year of college. And reportedly, both Kim and Sean were very supportive of Bryce. Yeah, he seemed like a really friendly guy who got along with most people. He's described as funny and charming. Just to note a little bit, too, he had very bright orange hair naturally he was a natural redhead and he had this really huge smile he was someone that you remembered yeah that's also important to note what he looks like he's 5'11 I think and average build bright red mm-hmm. hair and a giant tattoo on his arm I think it's of right. a Taurus because that's yeah. his star sign and and yeah. blue eyes I think he's hard to miss in a crowd is what yes we're yes <laughs> So in the summer before his second year, he went home to visit his parents. And he was there for, I believe, a few months. Yeah, I think he just spent like the summer there like most people do. And then he went back to Rockland a couple of weeks before classes started again. Mostly, I think, to get settled. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was anything that had gone wrong that made him want to get out of his parents' house. In the couple of weeks that he was back in Rockland before he started classes, he started acting kind of weird, according to his friends. He was drinking a lot and taking Vyvanse, which is an ADHD medication that some people take recreationally, which Bryce was doing. So I fell down a little bit of a wormhole in Vyvanse. Vyvanse is a type of stimulant drug. So it's essentially actual drugs that they've been able to take it off of the recreational market and commercialize it. 
An interesting thing also about ADHD medication is that for people who have ADHD, it generally will calm them down. Whereas for people who don't have ADHD, it will make them super hyper. Yeah, hype them up a bit. In like the wordings that Vyvanse has, there is a specific section in there that talks about they specifically brought in people with, I believe, previous drug addictions in to test this prescription drug. And they all said that the experiences they had on it were next to nothing. But that was when they were just taking Vyvanse alone, a regular dose, not an excessive dose, and not while mixing it with alcohol or other recreational drugs. Vyvanse specifically is also a is a long-acting drug, which means that it can have effects up to 14 hours after intake, which kind mm-hmm. of plays into this events of a few days. Some of the side effects are irregular heartbeat, psychosis, and panic in about 0.1 to 1% of people. A lot of people have had negative reactions, though. If you look up, like, Vyvanse reviews or if you watch someone or follow people that have ADHD and sometimes take medication for it, I've actually heard quite a few people specifically mention Vyvanse and say that it made them feel like they weren't themselves and it just changed them to a point that they couldn't honestly take it anymore. I couldn't find any reports on how he acquired this Vyvanse. I don't know if it was his roommates or his friends or if he just bought it from someone. That's a good point. You're not supposed to be able to get it without a doctor giving it to you specifically. But on their actual website, they say that there are five different ways you can take it. There are really only three ways you can take it. So there's two methods, really. There's like a a capsule with powder, and then there's a chewable gummy. So the capsule, you can either eat it, you can obviously chew the gummy, or with the capsule, you can open it up, spill it in water, take it that way, put it in food, take it that way. So... And we don't know how he was taking it. No. And also, if the website's suggesting for you to actually open up the capsule, it's become a powder, which you can now do pretty much whatever you want with it. The reason he was taking this Vyvanse was so he could stay awake and play video games with his friends, according to his girlfriend, Kim, because it would keep you up for, like, days on end. There's reports that he did have a few episodes where he would be up for multiple days. At a time. Yeah. Kim also says that he drank about two bottles of hard liquor on the weekends. So there's a big warning because you're not supposed to mix alcohol and this specific drug together. I wanted to mention as well, so there's a a ton of warnings actually on the website. One of them says that this medicine can cause addiction. This, in my understanding, and I read a few other articles on this as well, this can mean that it can cause addiction to that specific medication or addiction to other things. So it warns you to not take it if you have a substance use disorder, which is an overuse or addiction to drugs or alcohol. You're not supposed to take this medicine if you previously have had psychiatric problems, suicide, bipolar illness, or depression. Part of the reason is because in certain cases, like you said, the 1%, This medication can cause psychotic symptoms, such as seeing or hearing things that are not real, believing in things that are not true, and or being suspicious, in addition to psychosis and psychotic and manic episodes. This is kind of a scary drug. Yeah, especially mixing it with hard alcohol. So mixing something that's already kind of this extreme stimulant that you were not prescribed, mixing that with hard alcohol is not a good idea. Don't mix hard alcohol with literally anything. Don't try it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So his parents reported that he didn't have any substance abuse problems and that they didn't notice anything wrong when he was home during the summer. Two bottles of hard alcohol in two days is a lot. We're talking, like, those big, like, glass ones, right? And going from, like, not drinking a lot to drinking two bottles of hard alcohol on the weekends is a lot. Yeah. To be fair, though, his parents are the ones that said that he would occasionally partake in drinking alcohol, but it wasn't all the time. The only reports I found were that he was drinking on the weekends. I couldn't really find anything about him drinking too much during the week. I wish we had more information on how his summer went, like what he did, but we don't. Unfortunately not. So, on August 26th of 2013, he went to the first day of classes, talked to his mom on the phone, and made an Instagram post about a video game. It's a really, like, normal post. I went through his Instagram, and you can really tell that he's just a normal guy. In his last Instagram post, he is shown posing with a video game, Madden 25, which is an Xbox game. And in the comments, he did respond to a couple of comments. Um, So his girlfriend commented, aw, what a cute little nerd. And he said, you already know, babe, with a smiley face, which is really cute. That is actually really sweet. And then after that, really, it's just a lot of people being like, are you still missing? Where are you? Like, come home. So on August 28th, Sean, Bryce's roommate, phoned Bryce's mother. He was concerned over how Bryce was acting after taking the Vyvanse. But when his mom, Karen, spoke to him, she said that he seemed fine. Yeah. I don't know how bad things would need to get for me to phone your mom. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. It just wouldn't even occur yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you'd have to be acting so weird for someone to phone your parents, right? Yeah. Especially when they're seven hours away. I guess I can understand if Bryce was adamant that he was fine and he was not going to stop taking it and he wasn't going to change and he didn't want to go to the doctor. Like, at that point, I could understand if Sean was realizing that Bryce was being really unhealthy in his behaviors. And we don't know what the conversation really was like between Sean and Bryce's mother. Again, there's so much that we don't know, just because, like, you don't really think to remember these things when they happen. Yeah. I should also mention that around this time, it's reported that Bryce did give away to his friends his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings from his mother, which are two really weird things for somebody to be giving away, right? I heard that these diamond earrings, he really cared for them. Like, they were a precious possession of his along with his Xbox. I mean, on his Instagram post, the video game he was holding up was an Xbox game. Yeah, the timeline here is really confusing because, like, he had an Xbox game and he was staying up all night to play with them. He gave his Xbox away. Yeah. I did hear that he gave it away to his roommate, Sean, in some reports. So in that case, it would still be in the house. Yeah, he could still use it. I don't know any teenage boy that would give away his Xbox. Oh my goodness. Or, like, a family heirloom. That's weird. Why would you give away a family heirloom? Especially not, like, a hefty-priced family heirloom. Like, diamond earrings. I couldn't find any reports of who he gave it to. It would kind of make sense if he gave it to Kim, but I couldn't find anything that specified that. No, me neither. That same night that Sean had phoned Karen, Bryce's mom, Bryce sent a text to Kim saying, maybe you're better off without me, to which she replied, are you breaking up with me? And he responded with just, yes. That night, Bryce went to Kim's place in the nearby town of Chico to talk about things. And while he was there... Kim ended up taking his keys and wouldn't let him leave because he was acting so weird. So I heard reports around this time, too, that Kim also ended up calling his mom to just say that Bryce was acting weird, in addition to Sean calling earlier. 
Yeah, Kim knew that he had taken Vyvanse and that he had been drinking, so obviously she wouldn't want him to drive, right? Mm. Like you said, Bryce ended up calling his mom, saying that they broke up and that she wouldn't let him leave because she was upset. Um, And after checking with him and asking if he was actually okay, Karen, Bryce's mom, told Mm. Kim to give him his keys back because he was fine. I heard that Karen spoke to Kim directly on the phone to figure out what was going on. Yeah, I think so. And then spoke again to Bryce to make sure that he was actually okay to drive. And Karen decided that he was. And the phone went back to Kim. Two people yeah, in one day have called her saying, like, he's not okay. It should have been a bit of a red flag. Yeah, and Kim's apartment was a substantial distance away from Bryce's place. I think it was, like, 90 miles. So after Bryce left Kim's place, because Kim finally gave him back his keys, yeah, he left around 11.30, supposedly to head back to his apartment. At least that's what he told his mom. That was their plan. Kim was going to give him back the keys, and he was going to head back to his apartment. Yeah. Also, I heard a couple reports saying that sometime this evening, Bryce sent Sean a message saying, I love you, bro. Seriously, you're the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. I saw that a lot. Yeah? Yeah, that he sent this message to Sean that evening. Yeah. Like, you saved my soul is kind of deep. It's intense. Yeah. Sean had also said that Bryce had planned on being home the next Monday, so he was aware that Bryce wasn't coming back to the apartment that night. After Bryce left Kim's place, he talked to his mother on the phone again, and she said that she would get a flight out as soon as possible the next morning, and he told her to wait because he has to talk to her about something. And what I saw, he made it sound like it was super important, like this was such a vital piece that he needed to mention to her before she made any plans to drive out there, fly out there, anything. His mother told him to go to bed and call her in the morning, and she says that at that point he seemed completely fine. So she 100% was expecting him to return the drive back to his apartment and stay there until they could talk. At around 1am on August 29th, Bryce called his mother again, and at this point cell phone towers pinged his location as heading past the college and towards his parents' house. So I, I read some places that said that Karen woke up but ended up missing the call and figured that he was just calling her to let her know that he returned home safely, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. Yeah, I also found conflicting reports as to whether or not she answered and they actually spoke. Yeah. So, who knows? They know. I don't they know. know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At around 9 a.m., his parents got a text saying that Bryce's car, which was a Toyota Highlander, needed roadside assistance. They were on, like, the same, I think they were, like, yeah, paying his insurance or something so they could access that information. Oh, that makes sense. I assume that they tried phoning Bryce, but they couldn't get a hold of him, so they ended up phoning Sean, who confirmed that Bryce hadn't come home the previous night. They could get in and access his bank account info, and it turns out that his bank card had been charged for about $20 in Buttonwillow, which is a very small town. 1,500 people live there, and it's about three hours away from where they lived in Laguna Niguel. So he had covered a pretty good distance, because it's seven hours, right? So he had driven four hours closer to where they lived. Oh, and that's between 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. What was he doing for the... I have no idea. You'll find out a lot through this case. It's kind of difficult to understand exactly what he was doing, but I would imagine that he ended up taking small breaks, maybe like 20-minute naps like power naps here and there, or maybe he just got lost. Yeah. I don't know, because that's a whole eight hours. Yeah, so he should have been home by then if he was heading home. Yeah. 
So the $20 charge was from Castro Tire and Truck, um, which was like a little roadside shop, like a car shop. So around 12 p.m., not having heard from Bryce, they call the shop and a man named Christian answers and says that he brought Bryce about three gallons of gas at around 9 a.m., which is enough gas to get to a gas station, but not much more. So just to talk about the timeline again, between 9 a.m. and I would imagine not that long after 9 a.m., like between probably 9 and 10, they would have probably been calling around, and I would imagine at this point they would have checked what his card was up to. And it wasn't until noon, which is three hours, it just seems like a lot of time when you consider that. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Christian did say that Bryce seemed fine, although his eyes were red. We don't know whether that's because he was tired at this point, which makes sense. He's been awake for God knows how long. Yeah. I should mention, I did not note anywhere in Vivance's website that red eyes were a sign. It does make you stay up for a while, though, so it could have just been... Even if he had taken it, like, the previous day, it could still have effects because it's a long-lasting type of drug. So, Bryce's mom, Karen, told Christian that Bryce wasn't answering his phone, and he volunteered to check on him and see if he could help. See, that is small-town feel right there. Christian is the real MVP of the story. I think so. We need more people like you out there, Christian. When he arrived, Bryce was sitting in the exact same spot, so he hadn't moved since that morning, 9 a.m. At least three hours he was just sitting there. Yeah. We don't know if he, like, got out and walked around, but he hadn't moved his car. Yes. Um, so Christian called Karen and gave the phone to Bryce, and she asked him what he was doing, to which he replied, really literally, he just said nothing. <laughs> he was just sitting by the side of the road. He wasn't doing anything. I mean, at least he's aware that he's not doing anything. She didn't push, and she just told him to come home. Credit card statements show that Bryce did fill up his car with gas after this, so if he had left Button Willow at that time, he should have been home around 3 p.m. When he didn't show up at home by 3.30, Karen and Mike started calling him and worrying. So at 6 p.m., three hours after Bryce was expected home, Karen filed a missing persons report. I have to say, though, there are lots of cases where either the police say you can't file a missing persons report, they give you that baloney 24-hour nonsense or 48-hour nonsense. It's a point that's to be commended that Karen did file a missing persons report within 24 hours of this weird stuff going on with Bryce. But still, it's a long time. It is a long time. It's a long time before movement really started to happen here. The police pinged his phone at the same place that he had been all day, basically, and they found him only eight miles away from where he was before. So he went and got gas and then drove back to kind of close to where he was before, I guess. So the police didn't find any drugs or anything in his car. And they also didn't feel that anything was off about him. They said he was acting completely normal. Yeah, they said he was fine. They did search his car. Bryce told them that he was just blowing off some steam for like 12 hours by the side of the road. I have to imagine that the police also would have done, I mean, I guess I don't know. I just assume that the police would have done, like, some sort of sobriety test on him. They did. Oh, they did. Yeah, Yeah. he passed. Which I find weird because he's been up for, like, At least 24 hours by this point. Probably more like 36 hours. I don't know if I would be able to pass a sobriety test if I was that tired. Does sleep work the same way? Like, if you just get used to not sleeping, do you eventually not need to sleep that much? Because I don't think it does. I don't think so. I think he would still be (laughs) really tired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the police did get him to call his parents. Although he seemed hesitant at first, he really didn't want to call them. So they had to, like, dial the number for him. Which is weird. 
Especially if the police are saying you need to call your parents. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. That's scary. I mean, like, that's an order from the police. Yeah. So they were only there for about 20 minutes. If he was acting as odd as I'd imagine Sean and Kim would have seen him act, probably 20 minutes would have been long enough for them to at least get a sense of, hmm, this is a little bit odd, right? Yeah. I don't know. He's also, like, a teenage boy. They might just be like, oh, his parents are overprotective. He's just being a teenage boy. Cases with, like, teenagers seem to kind of go either way. Police are like, either, oh, this is just a kid that needs to let off some steam because their overbearing parents are breathing down their neck. And they go, well, you know what? I'll let you off this time, but you really shouldn't do that. And then there's other police that are like, under no circumstances, you go home right now. (laughs) Like... Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. (laughs) So at around 10 p.m. that evening, Christian from Castro Tire called Karen and Mike back. They had, like, phoned him while they were at around 6 p.m. trying to find Bryce. Um, After they explained the situation, he offered to go back and just check, see if Bryce was still there. Because he wasn't home still, and he should have been home if he had left after the police left, right? Yeah. At this point, Bryce probably hadn't even slept. The violence... If he had continued taking it, we don't know if he had or not. It would have come in late, right? Yeah. So when Christian arrives, Bryce still hasn't moved. And it's been like 12 hours at that point that he's just mm-hmm. been sitting there almost. Yeah, 13, I guess, right? 13. Because he got there at 9. Yeah, that's crazy. Unless he was just sitting there for it. could be even longer. Like, we don't know. There's like four hours of time that is missing. So he could have just been sitting there since then. Yeah. I wish there was more information on, like, because he had a GPS in his car. We know that. I wish we could, like, oh, know what yeah. had, like, his exact movements. Or, like, how I much agree. gas he had in his car, even, when he'd left. I feel like that would tell a lot, because if Vyvanse can make you believe things that aren't there, if he was going through something like that, knowing how far his car went, pretty vital information. It would be super helpful to know, right? Mm-hmm. So Christian advised Bryce to head home, and he followed him in his car for a bit until he got, like, on the freeway. Mm -hmm. Again, Christian is the best person. Honestly. Big heart. Yeah. He did phone Karen and Mike back and told them that Bryce was on his way home. And Bryce does keep in contact with his parents throughout the drive, which is weird because he was so hesitant to call them when the police were there, but now he's just calling them often. He stopped for a drink at a gas station at around 11 p.m. We can see that charge on his bank account. Which, again, is weird. It's been so long. It's been, like, God knows how long since he's even eaten anything. And we can tell that he hasn't eaten anything because he hasn't spent any money. Oh, that's a good point. It's weird that he's just stopping to get a drink. Like, that's it? I think that the drink was only, like, a dollar twenty-five. Yeah. So it was probably, like, an energy drink. So his parents kept in contact with him, and he said that the GPS said that he should be home at 3.25 a.m., but he couldn't give them any landmarks, apparently because it was too dark to see well. They kept asking, like, what does the road sign say? Where are you? Like, where are you? You know, and he just wouldn't tell them anything. At around 1.50 a.m., Bryce told his mother over the phone that he took a detour, but is now back on the highway. And we don't know whether he, like, purposefully took a detour or whether he got lost or, like, what he was doing in that time. We don't know why he went off the highway. At around 2.10 a.m., he again phones his mom and tells her that he's going to pull over and sleep in his car for a bit. Um, Mm. That's the last time that Karen talked to him. On August 30th, at around 8 a.m., the police show up at Karen and Mike's house and tell them that they found Bryce's car at 5.30 a.m. near Castaic Lake, which was around two hours from home. 
I don't know if it would have made sense for him to be at Festaic Lake, like if that was sort of a place that he had to drive through in order to get home, or if it was like he had to go a little bit out of his way to actually get there. I think it wasn't on the main road. I think that that was kind of where he pulled over quotations to sleep. Okay. So the car was on its side, and it looked like Bryce had smashed out the back window in order to get out. And there were a few drops of blood, but not enough to really raise any alarm bells. And they were only inside the vehicle, not outside. So from the top of the hill, it kind of looks like the lake is a lot closer than it actually is. But there's a cliff that you can't really see. Until you're right at the edge. Yeah. So there was evidence. There was like tire marks that Bryce had accelerated over the hill towards the lake. And made no effort to slow down. I read that the drop from the top of the hill to the bottom would have been 25 feet. Yeah. Which is kind of a lot. (laughs) It's a substantial drop. There is a photo of the car. I don't know how much you can trust the photo of this car. The explanation of this is that um, it ended up on, like, the boat launch road by the lake. I kind of thought this is absolutely not the photo of the car because there's clearly, like, a building in the background. But I think that's just an outhouse or something. And there's the airbags have gone off. You can see that in the front. Okay, so there was, like, that cliff. And then there was, like, that road kind of close to it. So he went over the cliff and landed on the road. To be honest, I thought that there would have been a little bit more... I mean, obviously the car is severely damaged. I mean, like, really damaged. But I thought it would have been a little bit more obvious. That sounds dumb. It's super obvious that it's damaged. But I just thought there'd be more damage. I don't know. Toyota Highlanders are apparently really good cars. I guess so. They're really durable. Man. Okay, this is, again, I heard conflicting reports, but I did hear that his phone was in the car, and that his wallet and laptop were just outside in an unzipped duffel bag. I think it's safe to say that he had all of those items, a duffel bag, his wallet, his phone, and his laptop. But whether they were inside the car or outside of the car, I heard it different ways. So the fact that the duffel bag is unzipped kind of leads investigators to believe that he could have taken something from it, but oddly enough, not his wallet or his computer or his phone. So that kind of tells us that when he went to Kim's house, he was planning on going home because he had a duffel bag full of stuff with him, right? Most likely. But he didn't tell his parents. I mean, obviously he was not planning on going back to his apartment. Could he have been planning to that him and Kim would make up and he'd stay there because he had all this stuff? Or was he like, I just don't want to be around anyone right now. I'm going to go stay at a hotel. Or like you said, I'm just going home. Maybe he was planning on them getting back together and that's why he had all this stuff. But he seemed pretty adamant when he was on the phone with his mom. I don't know. So they did search all weekend. They did check the lake, but they never found Bryce. And they did search the surrounding area, but again, no sign. The lake is pretty big and pretty deep, so, I mean, it's possible they could have missed something. I heard that they searched it pretty extensively. Like, they did their best efforts. His parents even ended up, at some point, getting a, like, sonar detection thing. Yeah. There were police dogs, and I've heard conflicting reports about this also. Okay. But it is a really important thing to note if it is accurate, and I've heard it in a lot of places, so it kind of seems accurate, but... Mm -hmm. The police dogs traced a scent to a truck stop nearby before they lost it. Yeah, so to be more specific, I heard that they were bloodhounds. So they were tracing the scent of blood that was found in his car and, again, tracing to the truck stop. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, just keep that in mind. 
There was a road camera nearby that took pictures of license plates, not of the full car, but just of the license mm-hmm. plate. So it showed that around 2.15 a.m., just a few minutes after the call with his mom, Bryce's car was seen going up the hill. The same camera caught his car going up the same way, the same hill, at around 4.30 a.m. So there wasn't mm-hmm. a camera for going down the hill. So he went up the hill, came back down, I assume, and then went back up. So that's weird. Mm. While the searches for Bryce were going on, there actually came in a call for a bushfire that was happening in the area surrounding the lake. And after they put out the fire, did some investigating, the cause was determined to be some burning remains. That's awful. Yeah. Which obviously meant that everyone was in a panic thinking that was Bryce. It ended up that it wasn't. It ended up being 35-year-old Lamandre Dion Miles, who quite close to where everything went down with Bryce, where his car was found, where he was last known to be. I'm not going to get into his injuries, but he had a pretty vicious attack and was set ablaze. This was determined to be, it was somebody who knew him and it was solved pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I think in the end three people were charged with his death, rightfully so. So, Still very sad though, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the theories. Yeah, so there have been sightings of Bryce in Arkansas, California, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, but none have been proven. He is, like we said, fairly unique looking. He's got like red hair, large arm tattoo, and... It's kind of weird that he would be mistaken for someone else, but at the same time, if you're looking for someone, you might see them in a crowd, even if it's not them. Bryce's father, Mike, and his uncle searched the area around the lake for weeks afterwards, but they never found anything. And I want to mention here, too, when Mike was searching at one of these points, his car was broken into. Really? Yeah. Which, like, what a slap in the face. Just don't do that. Don't break into people's cars. That's so rude. That actually made me mad. (laughs) That's actually (laughs) awful. So Mike and Karen did hire a private investigator to go through Bryce's phone and laptop, but again, nothing was found. She did find that Bryce had put in the address to his GPS, like his parents' address, so it Mm -hmm. kind of did look like he was planning on going home for at least a little bit. Yeah. This private investigator believed that he could have had a psychotic break, accidentally crashed, hit his head hard enough to cause amnesia, and walked off. So I heard that there have been a couple private investigators that over the years have looked into this case, and most of them had ended up with the theory that he had a psychotic break, which would have resulted in somehow a little bit of a brain injury, and then actually had head trauma. Yeah, his parents also believed this theory, and they do think that foul play could have been involved. Like, I've never lost my memory like that, but I imagine if I hit my head and woke up in a car crash and <laughs> didn't have my memory, I would go to the hospital where the police. Ooh, unless he did have drugs in his possession and then he, like, woke up, saw that, and was like, oh my god, who am I? What was I doing? And then, like, ran away. I don't know. Ooh. But then he probably would also take his wallet and his phone, yeah. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. He did walk to the truck stop, so maybe there was foul play and someone with bad intentions picked him up from there. But again, him walking to the truck stop isn't confirmed because, again, there's so many conflicting reports. If the bloodhound scent actually was true that they picked up, his scent did end at the truck stop. So unless they were completely off, the only way to explain that is that he would have gotten into a vehicle. Yeah. 
some people do think that maybe something could have happened to Bryce prior to the crash and that maybe someone else was driving the car because of the camera that captured the car going up the hill it didn't take a picture of like the driver just mm-hmm. took a picture of the of the license plate so some people think that somebody else could have been driving the car maybe something happened to Bryce earlier which would explain why they didn't take his phone and his wallet I did also hear a theory that maybe there was something on the gas pedal Maybe he got out of his car, put something on the gas pedal to accelerate. That's why there was no slowing down, no hesitation there. I mean, that would explain why there was no hesitation, but it wouldn't explain how the window then got broken from the inside out. Unless it just got broken in the crash. Wouldn't but then why didn't the front window get broken in the crash? Maybe it's sturdier. <laughs> I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I just, I don't really believe that theory. I think he was mm. with the car, but I don't think that it was confirmed that the blood in the car was Bryce's. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that anywhere. I just wanted to mention on the topic of potentially foul play, there's been some mention of there was that murder that happened in the same area. If when he was driving around, because we know that he was at one point driving around between 2.15 and 4.30. Yeah. If he came across a bad scene somewhere along his drive, then they followed him there. If they were really cautious, they would have seen what happened to his car and then where he went and then went, oh, look, he's at the truck stop now. I didn't think about that because if this person was killed like on the same night. Because they were. They were? Yeah. In his actual case, it's reported that he was killed around the same time that Bryce would have been driving around the area. Like, I don't think that that's what happened. Just because the people that were charged never mentioned anything about seeing Bryce or talking to Bryce. And, like, you're already going to jail. Weird. Okay. I didn't even think about that. But that's weird. <laughs> we do have to talk about the saddest theory. I don't want to talk about this one. Initially, investigators believed that Bryce took his own life. The evidence for this are that he gave away his stuff, which is a common sign of intentions to do that. And that he broke up with his girlfriend, his general erratic behavior, his rather intense message that he sent to Sean, and his drug use could also could also play a part in it. So because from the road you couldn't really tell that there was a cliff, maybe he was trying to drive into the lake. I also want to mention another sign of this is he specifically said that his girlfriend would be better off without him. Yeah, the wording there is Yeah, that's a scary sentence. So there is evidence to back this up, but investigators have largely dismissed this mostly because they haven't found him. And if he would have been in the surrounding areas of the lake, they searched that extensively because that's, I think, initially what they thought, right? Mm -hmm. By now, he would have been found in the lake. Yeah, and the dogs would have traced it to the lake, right? Also true. They wouldn't have traced it to the truck stop, yeah. His parents and friends also completely dismissed this theory. It's possible, but we're gonna move on. Yeah. For the record, I don't really believe in this one. I don't think so either. It was, like, late at night. He hadn't slept. Like, maybe something jumped in front of him, like a deer or something. Mm-hmm. But he accidentally slammed on the gas. the gas instead of the brakes and got off the cliff. I think so. Because I've definitely mistaken the gas for the brakes <laughs> and vice versa. I've done that so many times. You know, I've had to think about it, you know? Well, yeah. And when you're... When I am a little sleep-deprived, I knock everything over. Like, hand-eye coordination, any coordination, just goes out the window. Yeah. I never thought about that, but I definitely think that's a possibility. There's also a theory that he could have had a psychotic break. The medication he was taking, as we've talked about, can have some side effects. 
especially mood changes and the inability to sleep. It also bears mentioning that a lot of mental disorders, specifically like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, things like that, present themselves in men around Bryce's age. Yeah, that was something that I saw too in Vyvanse's list of warnings. Men around this age need to be very careful and they need to have people in their lives that recognize their traits and can tell when something's off. Because sometimes you can't. Yeah, like Kim and Sean did. Exactly. Yeah, so it's possible that this medication that he was taking could have, like, accelerated this. And if something like that was happening, taking a medication in which it's known to have side effects such as believing things that aren't there, hearing things like voices, seeing things, is going to make it a lot worse. Yeah, and if he had started experiencing effects like that before he started taking the medication, he might have been using the medication and alcohol to help cope with that. This theory does explain his really weird behavior. It doesn't explain where he is now, but it does explain a little bit. It would help Mm -hmm. if we knew where he had gotten this medication and how much he was taking. Also, if he was on drugs of some sort, he could have just lost track of time. Like, he could have just been sitting there for hours and not realized that any time had passed. Sometimes when people do drugs, they feel physical things, like bugs on their skin, or maybe they'll feel burning. Oh, yes. Or maybe he thought there was someone in the car with him. Maybe there was someone in the car with him. And he drove into what he thought was a lake, but was actually a cliff to, like, get rid of either the feeling or the person in the backseat or something, you know? (laughs) Ew, I got chills. Ew. Yeah. On some of the forums I was going through, there were people who claimed that they went to high school with Bryce and claimed that he had some issues with drugs and alcohol. Even if he was an addict, it doesn't explain anything. Lots of people Mm -hmm. are addicts and they don't go missing. Some people believe that he could have been waiting around for his dealer, and that's why he was just sitting by the side of the road. But again, this town was only 1,500 people. And and so far away from either his parents' home or his apartment. Why would you pick a dealer that you have to drive four hours to meet? Yeah. No one does that. If he was having a psychotic break, or if he was having troubles with addiction or mental health, that could have been what he wanted to talk to his mom about. Like, if we knew what he wanted to talk to his mom about, that would help so much. Some people believe that maybe he was going to come out as gay to his family. That's what he wanted to talk to his mom about, and that's why he broke up with Kim. That would explain the text message to Sean. Although, again, men are allowed to express their emotions. This is true. And that's okay. And I I would think that he would maybe open up to Kim a little bit more if that was the case. Because he he drove all the way there to talk to her. Unless maybe he got there and realized that he just wasn't ready to, to say anything. Yeah, I mean, like, coming out is not an easy thing, but it doesn't explain, like, him disappearing again. Like, it could be, like, that thing that was going on in his life. It could explain what he wanted to talk to his mom about, but it doesn't explain his weird behavior, and it doesn't explain him missing. It's a theory. It is a theory. Yeah. Could be aliens. To be honest, I was kind of surprised. I hadn't seen any theories about, like, aliens or Bigfoot or... Right? Like, nothing. That's, like, nothing. Where my mind would jump to. Maybe he was, like, being chased by something, like aliens or Bigfoot, and then he, like, drove off a cliff. That could explain, though, if it was aliens, why he stayed in the same exact spot for a very long period of time, if they were interacting somehow. He could have just left. This is the thing I believe. I will say that right now. Okay. What I believe is that he just left. He chose to leave. Okay. I believe that he is still out there, but I believe that he suffered a few different things. I think part of it was something to do with the mixture of the medications he was taking and the alcohol. 
something like a psychotic break happened and he experienced things that weren't there and that forced him to take really drastic measures because when you are so desperate because nothing's making sense and you're reaching out for all these different things and nothing's fitting and you don't know what to do one of the things that you can really reach for is just doing something super drastic to just not necessarily make it all go away as in ending everything but make it all go away as in helping you to wake up yeah What I think really happened, the explanation for his amount of time that was lost is he was on something or experiencing something where he just lost track of time. That would explain why he didn't buy food at the gas station or the store because he just wasn't thinking about it. He wasn't quite in his right mind. And as he got more and more desperate, sort of clearly drove off the cliff. And I think that that traumatized him somehow. To where he got out of the car and walked to the truck stop and went, I just need to get out of here. And I think that he's still out there somewhere. Whether he just does not want to come back to his old life because of the substances that he was surrounded with and he doesn't want to fall back into that. Or maybe he's fallen back into that and he can't quite get to his right state of mind where he can come back. I think he's out there. Yeah, and investigators also believe that, mostly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really explain why he didn't take the money from his wallet or his clothes. I heard in a couple reports that he didn't have his passport with him, and he didn't have any ID. So it's very unlikely that he left California. California also has, like, a huge homeless population. So most people believe that he's just living among the homeless, living his life. There's actually a few YouTube comments or Facebook comments that say that they're from whatever place there, and there's this red-headed homeless guy there that they really think is Bryce, but they've not brought it to the authorities because they don't want to be wrong, or the authorities, like, didn't pay them any attention. Yeah. So there's a, a surprising number of people that think that he is in their specific homeless community. Yeah. Just on the thought of him voluntarily leaving, no one in his family or in his life at the time thinks that he did that. Like, his parents firmly believe that he would have told them something to make them not worry or left something for them to make them not worry, as do Sean and Kim. It's only been eight years. Like, it's very possible that maybe he'll come back one day, you know? It's also possible that the police, the authorities do know where he is and that they are just, like, keeping it a secret. Because as an adult, you're allowed to disappear. And they generally, probably most of them would be like, yeah, okay, we'll keep your secret because they have no reason not to. That throws a whole new wrench into this case. Yeah, so I think the case has been closed and is labeled as voluntary missing. That kind of tells us maybe they know that he's okay. I guess so, because you have to be pretty determined to label it voluntary missing. Because what point is there to close the case other than you don't have to look into the case anymore? Yeah. The family wouldn't get anything out of it. They wouldn't get any closure because it's not solved. No, it's just closed. I don't know. Like, even if we figure out what happened in the days leading up to it, why he was acting that way, we still don't know where he is. No. To be honest, I think they're disconnected. Like Yeah, they could be. I don't think that anything that he had experienced relates to where he went. Yeah, I think he's still out there. I think this case could very well be solved one day. His <laughs> parents do get a lot of criticism for not stepping up, and we have been critical of them tonight. I get the frustration with them, but hindsight is twenty twenty, and they did lose their son. And everyone reacts to things differently. Yeah. If he is still out there, like we believe, someone has seen him. Like, he's somewhere, you know? Yes. If you think that you have seen him, you can contact the authorities. And, and also let Brian Bryce Lapisa on Facebook. 
let them know as well because they are his family. Yeah, they have a Facebook page for him. Also, just wanted to put this out there. Someone in, I think, 2018 put on Twitter a picture of Bryce's face with Bryce's visa found, and it became trending. Oh. And it was a total hoax for no reason. There was no reason. I don't even think that there was someone found. They just did it just to get attention? I think so. That is so awful. Don't do yeah. stuff like that. So family had to go on their Facebook page and publicly announce that this was false and fake. And just, it's terrible. That is so traumatic. Yeah, I can't believe that people do that. So that is very different, though, from saying, hey, I've seen this person and I think this might be him. Please do that. Please don't put fake news out there. Embrace. Hope that you are actually doing okay. I hope you're okay. And this family, deepest respects to you. This is really traumatic, and you've gone through a lot. Bright red hair, around 5'11", big tattoo on his arm. of On his shoulder. On his shoulder, yeah, of um, like a Taurus and his birth date. So he's pretty distinct looking. There's pictures of him everywhere. His Instagram is still up. You can go check it out. It's important to keep cases like this alive because they mm-hmm. could very well be solved someday. Absolutely. Next episode is our 10th episode, and it will be an exciting one, probably, hopefully, maybe. 10 whole episodes? 10 whole episodes. Double digits. So thank you so much for listening to Weird Things in Wine. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know. Email us if you hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Email us at weirdthingsinwine at gmail.com, and we would be happy to hear from you. Thank you again. Stay weird. Drink wine. Cheers. Stick around for some bloopers and outtakes. Can we put a disclosure in this? Disclaimer? Oh, yeah. Sorry, a disclaimer. (laughs) As great juice. (laughs) Hello and welcome to... Hello. Hello? Hello and welcome... Hello. And welcome to Weird Things and Wine. (laughs) One of those hellos will be good. (laughs) Chaotic energy has started. <laughs> Las Pisa. Las Pisa. Is it Las Pisa or Las Pisa? Oh no. Did you even hear the difference? No. Literally the same thing each time. <laughs> Am I going crazy? I didn't I didn't say the same thing twice though. Did I say the same thing? <laughs> oh no. Las Pisa. Las Pisa. It's not the same thing. It's different. There's the, yeah, the, the first one had a B. <laughs> No, I didn't. Okay, so at around 8 a.m. on August 29th. 8 a.m.? Yeah. Or oh. 1 a.m. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wear my glasses. That's why it's called Castro Tire and Truck. <laughs> yeah, they do tri- tires and truck stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my- <laughs> Can you tell? No. <laughs> yeah, you are loved. You are loved. We love you. We love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited.